and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. Uh, and we we are here, despite all odds, my yep, computer was in a box. for stability Yeah, my today. computer we'll was see. in a box until about 30 minutes ago. Uh... And I am, like, back in my parents' house where the internet is bad, and tomorrow at four in the morning I leave to drive to Virginia. So, we're squeezing it in! Yep. We're gonna squeeze this episode so, in here. So, everybody pray for us that this episode, uh, that, that Kelsa's internet lasts long enough to record it. Although, I guess if you're <coughs> listening to this episode, then it worked. So You can still pray if you want. Maybe. I'm not gonna stop you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe you don't know. Maybe you'll get to halfway through this episode and it'll just suddenly cut out. You have no I, way of knowing know, unless you listen to the whole thing. And yeah. we upload it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do that now. Now that we've said it, I'm gonna do that and uh you'll have listeners will have no idea whether or not this is a good full episode <laughs> or if it just stops abruptly mid sentence. Yep. That's the chance you, you take. Out. When you listen to a podcast. to be long enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just dead air. Yeah. <clears throat> That's, I like that idea. The Russian roulette of podcasts. That's, that's what they call us. That's our, that's our nickname. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, every year on the podcast awards. I'm just, I don't know what the podcast awards is called. I'm sure there is such a thing. There probably is. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, um, there was a, Thing I read recently, I want to say it was BuzzFeed question mark where they do a uh, like tell us about your favorite podcasts from the past year that are like underrated that people mostly haven't heard of, mm. um, which uh, allowed me to discover actually a new podcast that uh, I am now super <coughs> loving a lot. Have I talked about Keeper Chat on this podcast yet? No, you have not. Um, so. You know how, uh, like, fangirls can get real weird, <laughs> like, reading <laughs> yes. reading too much into things and, uh, and like, interpreting things sexually for no reason, uh, yes, and, yes, et cetera, yes. et cetera? Imagine that, but about animals. <laughs> hmm. So Keeper, Ch- Keeper Chat is a... Is oh, like a... Zookeeper. Yeah, right? they, okay. they chat by two, two girls who are, like actual zookeepers um and every episode they like pick an animal and profile it and talk about how rad it is and they just get real weird (laughs) and it's kind of fantastic so if you like hashtag animal facts yeah keeper chat is highly recommended it's pretty great that's good. like for instance i learned that uh the tapir's penis is so long that the males often step on it by accident (laughs) Oh, good job. Good for you, Tapers. You're winning. Yeah. Doing a good job. That's yep. that's an extremely Is that winning. I mean, I guess not. I guess it's winning until you step on it. Then it's extremely <laughs> losing. But Yeah. Just be careful. Yeah. So, like, you know, as I say, highly recommended. I'm enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah, that's uh, a very very Kyla podcast. <laughs> yeah, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> very on brand for me yeah 
as soon as it clicked, like, oh, zookeepers, I was like, that that's a Kyla thing. 100%. Yeah, I read the description of it, and I'm like, well, here, here we go. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> the real question is, did you use this bu- BuzzFeed thing as a as an opportunity to stealth market the feedback <laughs> for podcast? No, because That's the fair. only way to comment on the article was signing in with Facebook, and I yeah. hate signing in with Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> BuzzFeed's real bullshit about that. I hate any website that's like, oh, I gotta connect your social media account. Mm. No. Yeah. So, no, unfortunately, no, I did that's not. Fair. I did not promote us. Uh, and next time it comes around, maybe we'll we'll plead with our listeners to vote for us. Yeah. Or, you know, both of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically. So, I don't know. Um, maybe maybe I'll become a, a Patreon patron for Keeper Chat so I can suggest uh, animals for them to review. Um, if you could suggest and... an animal, what animal would you suggest? Well, so the game that I'm uh, working on right now, uh, for for purposes I won't get into, I need to know like weird facts about the flying fox, which is a fruit bat. Huh. Uh, and I started looking them up and found out that like they're one of the few animals that give each other oral sex. Oh. Uh, and also, yeah, I know. Uh, fruit bats, am I right? Yeah. Uh, and also that the the males cover themselves in their own urine so that they smell stronger. Um, but I would love to know like lots more weird facts about fruit bats. Uh, so that I think would be a fun one. <laughs> That's a real power move, covering yourself, just pissing all over yourself to be the strongest. Yep. It's, uh... Well, well, I think I mean I assume the scent is to attract the ladies? Question mark. <laughs> Yeah, I would assume it's either to attract the ladies or to like ward off competition. Like I smell, yeah. I smell real pissy. Don't fuck <laughs> yep. with me. I must, I must be big because I can produce a lot of piss yeah. and smell real strong. Something, something, pheromones, etc. I guess. Yep. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, flying fox would be up there. The pangolin also is an animal I feel like does not just get enough talking about pangolins are good boys i like pangolins yeah they're great so i kind of just want to be a patron to that and just keep suggesting dog (laughs) (laughs) i mean they might do it you never know yeah yeah, just domestic dog i mean it's not generally a zoo animal so that's fine. Hard to say, but you can find them at a zoo. Yeah, like those zoos in China where they where they take like the big fluffy dogs and paint them up to look like tigers. Lions or stuff, tigers, yeah. yeah, lions or tigers. Yeah, never say never. Putting a dog in a zoo. Fair enough. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so that's what I've been into lately. What has everyone else been up to? Packing. Moving my crap Nothing. around. Uh, yeah. My my niece's fifth birthday party was this morning, so that's where I was until a little while ago. As usual. What was that? Did she have a good birthday? Uh, yes. I I mean I think so. It, as as usual, my sister does it up real big when she does a party. So, I I actually stayed at her place last night to help, like cook stuff and prep. So I made three breakfast casseroles. 
Um, she bought, <laughs> she got like, I think she said four dozen donuts from this like really, really good donut shop by where she lives. And uh, the usual extravagant cake from the bakery in her neighborhood. She told me that the cake cost her $90. Uh, it was very heavy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a good cake. I feel like that's a reasonable amount for like a heavily crafted cake, it, yeah, which it a lot of these fancy ones usually are. Yeah, it had like the the theme of the birthday was mermaids, five year old okay. girl mermaids, you, you yep. know. Um, so there were like like white chocolate seashells that were decorated with luster dust, which is like that edible sort of yeah, pearly pigment. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's it's glitter but edible. Yeah. Um, and just, like, tons tons and tons of, like, icing decoration. Katie, you're in front of the mic. Please move. Uh, icing decorations and just, like, extravagant, but, you know, very good. I, I think she she's mentioned that this is, like, sort of a semi-famous bakery and that, like, celebrities have gotten cakes there and it's just in her neighborhood in, in like, northwest of Denver. <laughs> you know, so that's um, rad. What else? Uh, I mean mimosas and juice boxes for the kids. Uh, you know, and a pinata. They had a pinata. The pinata was a cupcake. I guess they couldn't find a mermaid-shaped pinata. Um, yeah, just... that seems like also something you could probably get custom, but would probably be expensive. Yeah, I think I think it would be. But, I mean, really, a piñata is just a vessel for candy, so... Yep. Nobody, nobody really seemed to mind. So, yeah, that was a birthday party. Cool. Yeah. I'm, Carl? I'm so tired. <laughs> oh. Carl, I haven't done anything. I've no. been struggling with coding. Oh, oh, yeah? Making anything in particular? Um, no. Just, like, learning and having fun. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I went to a seminar, uh, I think last week, on web scraping with Python, uh, which is, like, basically how to take, how to get your code to, like, read a website and gather information from it. Hmm. Uh, And I mostly did this because I really want to make an app to uh, measure all my dragons in Flight Rising. And uh, and to tell like how many I have of each breed, so I can like plan breeding projects. Mm, that sounds like some good eugenics there. Yep. I mean, you know, it's one of those games. It's a it's yeah. a creature breeding game, so yeah. that that's how it comes in. Nice. But we have like ten different Excel documents. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like I made a spreadsheet already by hand, and I'm like. This is, like, I have a hundred dragons. This is time-consuming. I should just write a program that does this for me. That I don't have to, so I don't have to keep updating this document. Yeah, that sounds like a a huge chore if you're doing it all manually. That's, that's a, like, that's a good application for an application. An app. (laughs) I realized what I was saying as I was saying it. Uh, (laughs) So, there you go. Yep. All right, shall we talk about some games? 
should do that. That's the that's what we do on this podcast. It's a very special episode <laughs> yeah. because it's part one of our four in February, where we play four short games instead of uh, like two longer ones. Yep. In the four weeks. We're actually and actually we're doing five in February. Up in the yeah, game. Sort of. Over a yeah. I yeah. Optional one optional extra credit game. Yeah. Which I did play. Uh because I had extra time this morning and it's like ten minutes. So. Yeah. They're not long games. Yeah. Yep. I liked I like doing these rapid fire short games because if I forget I can just like the morning of the podcast go like, Oh crap, I need to play the game and then just play it in one sitting. Yeah. The problem that I have is that I I played them all like in the first week, and uh, they're not fresh in my mind, so I'm gonna need uh, some reminding. Oh yeah, I should bring up my phone so I can uh, look at the table of contents for Florence. Yeah, that's true. That's a good idea. Uh, but uh, so yeah, Florence is one of two games we played. We played Florence and Thirty Flights of Loving, which unexpectedly and somewhat unplanned ended up being very thematically related. Yeah. <laughs> so go us. Yeah. We're good. We're good at this, this planning thing. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like we. It's almost like we've been podcasting for like three years now. Yeah. Um, Carl, tell us a little bit about Florence. Yeah, Florence is the video game released this autumn, right? Something like that. Um, by Mountains, and it's published by Annapurna. Another. So we get another, <laughs> yet another, another one. Game. Oh yeah, it was released Valentine's. Oh, that so makes sense. Pretty much a year old. Oh god, that's a depressing game for Valentine's Day. A little bit, but you know, <laughs> it's a happy game. It's a happy game I overall, mean, but yeah. like if you're if you're playing it for the romantic storyline specifically. Uh, but yeah, so it's a um. I would almost call it like a short story, I guess, uh, yeah. because it's it's less than an hour and it's just like a little snippets from the life of uh, our main character Florence Yo Yo, um, who's like this twenty five year old Asian American girl just trying to live her life and do things, and it's about like her and her figuring out her shit and also her, a relationship that she's in for a bit. Aha, I have brought up the chapters so I can talk about it. Ah, uh, yes. And it's it's notable for having um like each chapter has I guess you I guess they are mechanics. You can call them mechanics. They're they're not really uh -huh. like games so much as like little activities that you do in order to proceed uh almost like a not exactly like a botanicula where you just like click on things until something happens but you know it's a little bit like okay click on this toothbrush and rub it around until the character's done brushing her teeth and then you know here's a thing of sushi that she's eating click on all of the sushi to make her eat all of the sushi yeah it's a slightly like slightly more creative next button <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's like, it's like in life you have a lot of mundane little tasks that you have to do, 
So it's sort of emulating that. Yeah, and they, I would say overall, they do a pretty good job of uh, picking out um, like an activity that somehow metaphorically models the thing that's supposed to be going on, right? Like the 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 like pick a pick a toothbrush up and wiggle it around thing is a is a pretty good analog for actually brushing your teeth. Yeah, in the real world. Like, that's fine. Some of them are more metaphorical than others. That one's pretty direct. Yeah, I think the the one that, there's one where she's at work, and you have a little table of numbers, and you have to pick out, like, the matching numbers yeah, together. Yeah, you're, like, so it's balancing like, a spreadsheet, yeah. essentially. So it's like, here's work, you have to do it correctly, you know? <laughs> you yeah. can't just click on numbers randomly, you actually have to, like, you have... A, some parameters that you have to fulfill here, which in this case is just find the two that are the same. But, yeah. So it, it functions as a next bu- button because it's simple, but there's still that sense of you gotta do it right. Yep. And it's it's like a tiny bit tedious, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this is like the job portion. Alright, so I have the chapters up here. Uh-huh. And Act 1 uh, starts with adult life, which is mostly the stuff we've been talking about you like, you brush your teeth, you go to work, you come home and watch TV and eat dinner, you, you go to sleep, you, you scroll press your through your alarm friend, Yeah, you scroll through your friend's Instagram feeds uh, on the bus to work. Mm-hmm. I think it's another one. Yeah, and you have to, like, like and re- or, or retweet all the, the things in yeah. there. Which is cute. Um, chapter two in Act One is Memories. Uh, so Florence finds a, a shoebox as she's cleaning some stuff up that has uh, some drawings in it from when she was a kid. And uh, they're they're basically, they give you, like, outlines and stamps, and you, like, make a little picture by stamping the outline with the colors. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of rem- reminiscing about how she, like, really liked art when she was younger, but her mom was very strict and like made sure that she you know focused on her studies instead of doing creative stuff that's another thing you can do in the adulthood section is uh your mom calls did you pick can you hang up on your mom can you just not take that call i don't know i never tried i would never, never hang tried. up on my mom because <laughs> uh... they give you the option there's like red button blue button and i always press the blue button to talk but i was wondering if you can just like not <laughs> I guess Not you, talk to mom. you must be able to. Uh, uh, I, I, I mean, maybe. I could probably find out you right now real quickly out. if That's I played that chapter, but nah. Yeah. I'll figure, find out later. Um, yeah, so you're kind of, you kind of reminisce about, like, you know, your, your childhood love of art. Uh, and then chapter three is music, um, which is where... Florence is out and around doing chores, like moving around the place, and uh, she hears a street performer playing cello. Uh, and she's, it's it's very exciting. It's like really good, and so she goes to check out who it is and listen to it. That one's fun. You have to like tap a bunch of music notes as they appear, and like the more you do, the the, the more and more come in, and you start like floating and flying towards them. It's very sweet. Yeah. So that's the end of Act 1. Act 2 is Crash and First Dates. So Crash is you're riding your bike 
down the street, uh, and you see the cello player guy walking along the street, and it's very exciting. Uh, and you stop paying attention to the road, and you crash your bike into a car. Uh, I think the the mechanic there is about like you have to like bring the stuff back into focus when you get yeah. like knocked yeah. down. Yeah. You got like two or three different sliders. Yeah, yeah, that's you right. Yeah, so it. you you see him on the street, and the the mechanic is like, "Okay, your focus lasers in on this guy. Like, bring him into focus in the picture." Which I thought was a cute metaphor. Mm-hmm. I was like pleased by that. Yeah, and then I think after the crash, like your your stuff is scattered on the on the sidewalk, so you have to like gather up your stuff. Is that right? That sounds. Am I just imagining that? Maybe your yeah. stuff is definitely scattered, um, but the yeah, also the guy is the cute guy is there, and so you have like this adorable meat cute. Ah uh, yes, the meat cute. Um, and then the. Uh, chapter 5 is first dates so that's where you go uh, on a bunch of dates with the guy and where they introduce the conversation mechanic which I liked a lot I like the conversation mechanic it's very good I kinda like it <laughs> kind, kinda as in you're lukewarm on it or you like it but you have a particular um, reservation I like it because of how they use it mm-hmm. but there's some clear like ludo narrative dissonance use that phrase. Is there? Like sorting, like completing a puzzle and being a metaphor for conversation. Yeah, I think I think it's like the idea is supposed to be that you're you're sort of trying to piece together what you want to say, like you're trying to think about like, oh, uh, what should I say in this situation? Um, which I, it seems like Florence is kind of like a shy person and has some trouble communicating generally. Um, so I like the way... So one, the main thing they do with it in the beginning is uh, when you first start talking to the guy, the, the there's a lot of puzzle pieces for the conversation, implying that like it's kind of hard for her to decide what to say or to figure out what she's going to say, and it's like it takes her a little while to get her thoughts together. And then the more you talk with him... The, the fewer and fewer puzzle pieces are used in each conversation, so, like, the easier conversation gets, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, it becomes more fluid, it becomes faster, it becomes just, like, easier to talk to the person. Which is a great metaphor. Yeah. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let's see, that's first dates. I think there's, like, a kiss at the end of that one. That sounds right, yeah. Uh, and then... Act three is... Oh, wait, I'm looking at the wiki. There's one where uh, you... I think he's, like, cleaning his apartment before before Florence that's, comes to visit. Is that That's this later. One the I think one? that's in Act three. Okay. I think that's in Chapter seven, the inspiration chapter. Okay. Um, so, for, yeah, so first in Act three is dreams, where they talk about, like, what they want to be, like, what they want to do with their lives, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, where... Well, mostly Krish, the guy, talks about what he wants to do with his life. He has, uh, like, dreams of being a famous musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, But then the last sequence in that one is, um, like, Florence looking in the mirror, and you, like, erase the mirror, and it reveals her dream of, like, herself as an artist, mm-hmm. which is also really sweet. Yeah. Good job, game. 
Uh, and then his inspiration, and that's the one that starts with where you have to clean Krish's room. Yeah. Because she's coming over. His room is terrible. It's pretty bad. Um, I mean, you know, it's not unrealistic, but it's, it's, it's very messy. It's like single man bachelor yeah. apartment room. You know? Hey. <laughs> Do you have a messy apartment, Carl? Are you a tidy yeah, boy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a tidy boy. <laughs> That's fair. I'm I'm also not a tidy boy. So Yeah. You know fair enough. what can you do? Uh that's the one I think where she also like she finds that he has like an application for music school and she mm-hmm. like tries you know, she encourages him to, to go to music school. Mm-hmm. Um which I guess he does because the next chapter is exploration. Which is where they move to another city and like go uh, and like explore all the areas around the city, and that's the one where there's like the little Polaroid mechanic where you have to shake the pictures to oh, get yeah. them to develop. Do they do they move to do another actually... city? I thought he just moved no. in with her. Uh, yeah. Moving in is the next chapter, so oh. exploration does happen before. Oh, so they're just in. like going on dates, but, but like don't, more... don't you meet his parents? Yes, as part of that. Yeah, you meet his parents. Maybe it's just like they're exploring the part of the city where his college is located. Yeah. I'm not entirely certain. Or they're just like going on. I Like that could be also we're going on more involved dates where we have to like go some distance together to check out a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a, a little map and you, uh, you know, there's like little thumbtacks in the different areas and you pick where you want to go and it like gives you a little snapshot of the stuff there and you have to shake it so that it uh, develops. And, you know, you see, yeah, you see her meeting his family and like hanging out with his music friends. You see him trying sushi for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's it's very it's very cute. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then act four is the domestic one. Uh, the first one is groceries. Uh, which I think is where they go grocery shopping and, like, they have their first argument. Yeah. Which is, like, an evolution of the conversation mechanic where the the conversation pieces start to get spiky. Like, first, because they're usually very round-edged, and then after a moment they become square-edged, and then after that they become triangle-edged as they get, like, sharper and sharper. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. in, the, in the argument version of the conversation mechanic, the... The other party, like, doesn't pause to wait for you to speak. You can see, like, you're filling in your bubble while the other person is filling in their bubble. So it's like... Yeah, it becomes like a competition. Yeah, it becomes like a competitive conversation, which I guess is accurate to an argument (laughs) in some ways. Yeah. And the the screen tilts in favor of who's said the most. Mm -hmm. Like, who's currently quote-unquote winning which in this case just means you're able to like build your argument faster yeah which feels like hurried and unpleasant and uh, again like the little mechanics they choose for these things are very good so you say it felt hurried and unpleasant i felt like i was super great at arguing and i was winning (laughs) winning those arguments real hard so um my I mean, screen is garbage, so I was losing. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I mean, given the feel of the rest of the game, I felt like annoyed by having time pressure because so little of the mm-hmm. rest of the game has any kind of time pressure. Yeah. 
Um, but I could see yeah, – and I mean both of those reactions are probably accurate to arguments, right? Like arguments are a lot less fun if you're losing. Yeah. Right? And even, you know, I don't know. Probably arguments are not also not great when you're winning, uh, unlike this one's probably a little better when you're winning yeah. compared to real world stuff. But it's it's a, you know, as I say, it's a cute usage of it. But then they, they get groceries and then they make up and it's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, and then is the moving in uh, section. Okay. This might have been my favorite one in terms of mechanics. It was uh, nice, yeah. So it goes through a bunch of scenes in the apartment and there's like things placed in the scene and you have a variety of uh, your items already there plus a few blank spaces and you have a variety of items from Krish that you have to fit into the scene but there aren't enough blank spaces to hold all of Krish's things so you have to decide how you're going to compromise like are you going to like only make room for his couple like for a couple of his things are you going to take down some of your stuff so that you can make room for more of his things you're going to take down all of your stuff so that you can fit all of the stuff and anything you don't use goes into a storage box mm -hmm. um, I, I felt like I made some some good compromises <laughs> I, I did pretty badly at this because I didn't realize until probably the last scene that you could remove your own things from the scene. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that didn't work out great. I felt bad afterwards, but I also, you know, I would have had to like go back to the menu and restart the chapter. So I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to do that. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I just picked the ones that looked the best. Yeah. I, I tried to, I wanted to like make sure that, I wanted to keep the things that seemed like they would probably be really important to her, like pictures of her family or mm -hmm. like, you know, her cute stuffed animals or whatever, and then remove a couple things that seemed less important to make room for uh, for his stuff. Yeah. Also, no one needs books in a bookshelf, especially <laughs> if they read the books. I mean, I disagree. I love having my books out. Yeah, I just packed pack them away. And I have I have a lot of like reference yeah. books and art books and stuff. So those yeah, it's not like you just look those, at those, them. And... That's that's different. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um. Yeah. I mean, I like to have my books out because it's mm -hmm. pleasing to me to see the things that I've read and like reminisce about them. Yeah. Uh. But I can see, you know, like not necessarily wanting to do that also. I mean, you might as well just stop buy books if if you don't want to have them around. Yeah, or yeah, because oh, I want to read the books. We'll get them from the library and then return them. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Sometimes uh, you get books. Yeah, yep. I I feel like if you're if you're going to like just put them in boxes, you may as well just like eBay them or give them away or do something. I try to, to give them away to anyone. Yeah. And when it comes around, I'll try to give them a book. <laughs> Here, have nice. This. That's a good, that's a good thing to do. Just yeah, free books. Yeah, I approve of that. Yeah. I also steal books, so. <laughs> You're like the book goblin. You never know. <laughs> will Will he give you a book? Will he steal a book? You never know with the book goblin. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. So that's the moving in section. <laughs> Uh, then is happy together. I fr I mostly forget what's in that one. 
I assume they're doing. I, is that the one that just like goes through their daily routine? Yeah, but it's it's like no nice. routine is the one that goes through their well, daily routine. There's there is there's one that goes through their happy their routine, but it's like nice like warm colors and like more saturated yeah. colors to indicate that it's happy. And then later there's one where it's like, oh, we've settled into a routine and our life is boring together, kind of, which is the same but they look less happy and the colors are more desaturated, I think. I think um, they're right after each other. Yeah. And there's like a clock segment in between them. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's segments where time passes where you have to like wind a little clock and you see things go mm-hmm. by. Um yeah, so Happy Together is the last one in Act Four, and then in Act Five it starts with Routine, which I think you're right, is the like sad version of the routine. Yeah. Um which is like honestly this to me was like really kind of heartrending because it's like it's too real i hate thinking about like the reality of people just drifting apart and like falling out of love as like just a gradual natural process yeah like, that's really that's really sad to me i I mean, we could talk about this later, but I sort of had uh, problems with this game narratively, and this chapter is a big part of that, but I'll talk about that later, uh, you know, because it's part of a larger thing, so. Okay, yeah, so the first one is just, they're doing their same routines, but it's just doesn't, like, they're they're kind of drifting away and not, like, they're they're doing it, like, next to each other instead of together, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. There's less uh, colors. Yeah, there's less colors. Yeah. I think they That's spend. How you know they're like less. Over. They're doing their own things, kind of in each other's vicinity, instead of like doing a joint activity, that kind of thing. Um, then is erosion, um, which I think is similar. There's is erosion. What's the mechanic in that chapter? Is that the one where they have another fight, or is that another chapter? That's the next one. The okay. next chapter is fight. Erosion is maybe... No, the puzzle pieces one is after fight, I think. Mm-hmm. It is. I do remember that one. I mean, erosion is more of like just them drifting apart narratively. I just forget what you actually what do in the chapter. Are. Oh, yeah. you... It's like him playing a solo in colors, oh, and you yeah. wipe out and... There's less colors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's, yeah, there's, like, the golden dream version of him, like, you know, living his dream and being a musician, and you you kind of, like, erase over it, and it's the same picture, but more real. It's, like, more realistic colors, and he's, like, unshaven and grizzled, and there's more holes in his pants and that kind of thing. It's, like... And your your colors get, uh, like, piled up. Oh, yeah. You get... Stuff. Yeah, there's like a painting set that Krish gives Florence as a gift, and it slowly sort of starts to get covered by other stuff at her desk, like yeah, completely bills and papers and yeah, that 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 one's super real to me. Oh boy, <laughs> yeah, that one is yeah. Close to home. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. So that's erosion, and then chapter fourteen is fight, which is another one of those fight mechanics. Mm-hmm. where you have the spiky conversations and it just comes really fast and all the dialogues are red uh, and there's that like back and forth leaning part and it, I don't know, I like I, I felt just like really uncomfortable this entire like chapter or this entire act because it was like 
no, I don't, I don't want this to be a story about a how a relationship goes wrong. Like I want this to be a happy story, <laughs> and I can tell this is not going in a good into good places. Yeah. Um, and then so then comes drifting, which is maybe the saddest of the uh, of the chapters, where there's like a picture. Oh no, sorry, the end of fight has a really cool one, where. Um, you, you're putting together, like, after the, they've fought, you're trying to put together, like, the puzzle pieces of them, and there's a, an image of the two of them lying in bed, um, and the puzzle pieces, you can fit together, like, all the puzzle pieces of Florence, and you can fit together all the puzzle pieces of Krish, but once you've made the two sections, they don't combine to form a full puzzle. Like, they have puzzle piece endings in the middle where they're supposed to fit together, but they don't fit together as a, as a mm -hmm. single puzzle. And, like, that was heartbreaking to me. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was a good um, one. The problem I had was the first two pieces, I just realized these are the top pieces and they don't fit together. Yeah, same, yeah. same. And I'm yeah. like, oh, shit, they're going to do this to me, aren't they? And I've assembled it and I'm like, yep, yep, they don't go together. Yep. This is awful. Um, yeah, so, so that happens. Um, yeah, and then, so then to compound that, there's the drifting chapter, which is, like, it starts with a picture of the two of them hugging, and it's, but it's all, like, ripped up into little pieces, but it's still in, like, a roughly, you know, uh, the picture assembled, but the pieces start, like, drifting apart from each other, and you can try and pull them back into place to more or less reform the picture, but you, you can't really do it permanently, they just keep... Like, all the pieces drift apart, and the picture kind of dissolves, and it's very sad. Because mm -hmm. you can try real hard, real hard to keep that from happening, uh, but you can't. You it can't does do not, it. It does not work. You will not succeed. Nope. Yeah. And then the last chapter in that act is moving out, which is the inverse of moving in. It's all of the same scenes. Um, but they all have a blue filter on them now, and it's much harder to tell whose items are whose because mm -hmm. before they were like in different color palettes and now they're all in the same color palette so you have to like put a combination of things into his box but you know maybe not all of that is actually his who knows the you know you've lived together for a while your stuff tends to become jumbled together and you don't always remember whose stuff is whose uh it's in, because this game is less than an hour long, I think it's pretty easy to actually remember like who had what. Yeah. Uh, but especially since you had to make like a decision with each. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's still, uh, I don't know. It's still kind of a poignant, you know, way of of communicating. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, the final act, Act Six, uh, starts with. Fragments. I don't remember where it was, but there was one scene that I really liked where uh, there there are a number of occasions where your mom calls you, and uh, the the way that plays out is you get to like you don't hear the mom side of the conversation; you just choose responses to it. Um, and it it always felt really detached, like she didn't really have a great relationship with her mom, or she was yeah. Too... They're all like. Yeah, okay, I mm -hmm. know. It I'm fine. You don't have to find a boyfriend for yeah. me. <laughs> um and then after the breakup there's 
just, I don't know, it's just a nice segment where it's like, oh, you decide to call your, like, you actually decide to call your mom rather than, you know, your mom calls you and you have to deal with being called by your mom. And I liked that. That was nice, I think. it's pretty sweet. Um, And it, you know, it proves that that relationship is more than it looks like on the surface. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is which is good, which feels good. Mm-hmm. That might be in fragments. Is fragments is, it like is. something? Okay, yeah. It's also yeah. in fragments when you like rip out pieces. There's like a picture of them together, and you rip up the pieces of him. Oh yeah, mm. you yeah you take the pieces of him out of the photo of the two of you together. Which is, I mean, like makes sense metaphorically, but the act of doing that in the real world, I feel like, is very vindictive. Like people who cut their their exes out of their photos. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also like a direct response. Yeah. Like this is close to the breakup. Yeah. Yeah, it is like literally right after he moves out. Uh, and then the next chapter is "Let Go," which is a chapter where she's the two of them are walking side by side and the longer you wait the more he like falls behind her and like starts to become transparent and sort of like drifts away but every time you try and interact with the screen he catches up again Mm -hmm. and so you literally have to just sit there and wait and you know like let let literally let him go (laughs) which also is a great metaphor yeah because you literally just it just takes time the mm-hmm. only way to sort of let go and is to just wait just take the time uh and then is wake up which is the one i think where like she starts painting right probably yeah uh and color comes back into things and you start like so she she like uncovers the old paint set that he got for her as a gift and she starts painting with it and she kind of like rediscovers what she loved about painting. Uh, and then the final chapter moving on is like, she has a gallery show with her paintings. So I guess the moral is that like the relationship didn't work out, but it also did help her like, because it revived in her, like her inspiration for art and like who she wants to be as a person. Um, so like, even though the relationship didn't work out, it still had, like value and meaning in her life which also, is like when you you quit your job and you take yeah. down your things and yeah. you find a picture of him and you put it in the box yeah you keep the i mean like, I, it's is that box supposed to be things she's keeping from her office or things she's not keeping from her office i assume it's I things assumed it keeping. was keeping yeah because it's yeah. like oh, you gotta you gotta take all the crap that you've you know decorated your cube with or whatever and you gotta you know, box it up and take it to your car. Yeah. So, yeah, so I guess, you know, the idea is, like, she's she's not getting rid of the memory, right? Yeah. Like, it was it was a valuable enough relationship to her that she's keeping around the picture. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a bittersweet ending. It, she's got some self-actualization. The, the end is, like, her gallery show, and she's, like, has a good relationship with her mom, right? She's, like, yeah. hanging out with her mom. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. Kelso, you had some stuff you wanted to say about the story overall. Yeah, I... So I'm sort of of two minds on this game. I really, really like the way the mechanics support the narrative and all of the thought and care that was put into, you know, how to make these mechanics actually feel like part of something rather than 
just hitting the Busy next work. button. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, narratively, I guess it was. It's difficult for me to tell whether or not it's supposed to be a very specific story, or whether it's supposed to be something that's kind of got broad relatability. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it felt like it was supposed to be kind of a broadly relatable thing. Um, but as it sort of went on, uh, I had more and more issues with it. And the thing that really kind of clinched it for me was the routine segment where there's this idea, not just in this game, but I feel like I've seen it in other media that I won't, I won't be able to dredge up from my memory, but still the idea that like, once you've settled into routine with your significant other, it's all over. Like your relationship yeah, is doomed, it's boring. and yeah. like, and the only way that you can have a successful relationship is if you're traveling and like constantly buying each other gifts and going on dates and engaging in consumption. Yeah, <laughs> which isn't really what this game is like saying, but I've seen that in enough other media where it's like the only way to be successful in a relationship is if you can Instagram things and make other people feel jealous of your relationship. And it's like, yeah, I see that. And especially like books and movies. and Yeah. And like, I see that in other things. And even though this game isn't glorifying that idea, I can't help but think about it. And just be yeah, like, uh... I, I agree that that's very much like an, an overused and like weirdly stigmatized thing. Because yeah. ultimately, like to have a successful long term relationship, you really have to find someone that you're good at having boring routines with. Yeah. Right. Because like life, like you can't help but have life be at least sometimes stretches of boring routine. Yeah. And so. You know, if you can't make your relationship work with that, then it's not a good relationship. It's not a good relationship. No, and you even you even said uh, in the routine thing they're they're doing separate activities, but you know, in the same room together. And it's like, I think if you can do that with your significant other, it's you're kind of set. Like you don't need to constantly be entertaining each other. Like that's it's really important to be able to do that. Um, yeah, that's a good a good sign for a relationship is when you don't feel pressured to like be like on or hosting or entertaining yeah. for the other person. Um and then the other thing was, you know, I'm I'm sure that the fact that there are two fights implies that there were other fights. Mm-hmm. But it just made me feel like they had two fights and gave up. Like, what is they didn't even try. Um I mean, I feel like that's probably wrong. But yeah, I mean, at so the same time, I felt, go ahead. I thought that the first fight was like it was a story about them dealing with issues rather than them fighting at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was how they made up after the fight. Mm-hmm. And... and yeah, yeah. I just I didn't get a great sense narratively that there were like real issues other than like oh, their life is boring together, and that's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I really felt like the main the main sentiment of that, like, that whole sequence where they, uh, you know, where they break up is that they've, like, just drifted apart and become incompatible, because there's a lot more scenes about them gradually drifting apart than there. There's only the two fight scenes, and yeah. one of them's, like, before the drifting apart even starts. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it seemed to really focus more on that as the problem in the relationship. Yeah. Which, I mean, granted, that is probably a problem in a lot of relationships where you, like, you know, you you have this first blush of, like, excitement, uh, but then after a while you just become, like, you know, acquaintance roommates, and you're like, why yeah. are we even in this relationship anymore? Yeah, and I, I have actually had a relationship end that way, except it lasted for, like, three years, and for maybe yeah. the drifting apart was, like, a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. So... Yeah, and I feel like that's probably true of most relationships that end that way because it's so hard to change, yeah. right? You you end up just doing stuff because it's the routine and the way you've already, always done it. So it's not that that's unrealistic, but it is also like like we were saying, it's a it's a stereotype that is not necessarily entirely rooted in truth. There, it would be good to have like a game that defends the value of just like ordinary daily life with your significant other. I feel like I never see that in media. Yeah. I don't know, maybe... Like... That seems hard in a short game. Yeah, I mean, it's but... it's it's not exciting to, like, read about, right? Like, as far as narratives go, it doesn't... It's not exciting or romantic to be like, yeah, they had a normal day together where not much happened and yeah. they didn't fight, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, but it's, um... it's a great part of actual life. And this game, like is very tropey. Mm-hmm. Like, it plays around the a traditional, like, love story. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. they have, like, a very, like, romantic comedy style meet-cute, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's fair. Um, but overall, it's, it's a very, like, soft game. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't really deal, and I, I always love media that's like this, it doesn't deal with like really, really heightened emotion, right? It's not about like rage and anguish and you know, like world-shattering joy. It's about you know, like being disappointed or annoyed or, you know, bored or like, it's about the little emotions mm-hmm. and I always feel like those are much harder to capture well in media than the big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have written down cozy as fuck. <laughs> a lot of it is yeah. really cozy. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, especially the happier moments. It's yeah, it's a very it's a soft game. It's a poignant little game. It's just it feels very small and intimate. Cozy is a great word for it. Mm-hmm. Um I really I really like that. Yeah. So I mean, I enjoyed it and I love the the game design parts of it. I really yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a game you give to someone that wants to learn about game design. Yeah. Because like, this is like a one-on-one game design. Yeah. It's done yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you were wondering what, like, ludonarrative harmony looks like, here is, like, how mechanics can help you tell stories. Yeah. And, and like, like, how they use emotions. colors, how they use shapes, how they... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all, that's all very well put together design-wise. Um... And it's very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, spoilers, uh, we will be, for the next podcast, we will be playing uh, another game by this designer that also has interesting design elements. But we'll get to that. Uh, so, this is a... So, any any other, like, final thoughts on Florence? Before um, I do a basketball segue? <laughs> I, Two I, things. Okay, go. Who eats strawberries for breakfast? That's a thing. That's like a, if you have like fresh fruit. A lot of people have fresh fruit. I grew grew up next to a strawberry farm. I never, <laughs> never 
<laughs> never had strawberries Maybe for breakfast. Maybe you're the weird one then. <laughs> Maybe. Also. Maybe it's an American thing. Can games stop, or media in general, stop shit-talking math? Yeah. I'm not like, even a math person, but I, I, like, I feel like the more media you see that, like, is like, ah, oh, math sucks, and math is boring, math is hard, like, that's gonna just create more people like me, who as a child was terrified of math and never did particularly well at math. Like, I agree with you. We need is to stop. Specific, is this in specific reference to, like, the spreadsheet mechanic? It's the, the study um, mechanic, where they make you do, like, oh, simple... Yeah. Like, I have no, not a real problem with this game, but, like, as someone who's studied math, <laughs> when, when it, 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 it's okay for people, apparently, to go up to you and say that they hate math. Yeah, it's okay. You're like, uh-huh. the, the next two games we're going to play are both going to be about, it's sort of tangentially about the awesomeness of math. So... So we'll 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 get some balance, hopefully. You'll have your day, Carl. <laughs> yeah. But no, I agree. I it's like it's like when you see like kids TV shows where they're trying to feed a kid broccoli or Brussels sprouts and it's like, ew, broccoli, ew, Brussels sprouts. And it's like you're just teaching you're just teaching kids to not like vegetables. Like you're straight <laughs> up telling them that vegetables are bad in your programming. Stop it. <laughs> like I get it a lot of Broccoli people Broccoli is delicious Yeah a lot of people probably don't know how to like cook vegetables So that they taste good and that's a whole other problem But don't just Start out saying that they're bad Right out the gate Don't make like... the problem worse yeah, Exactly and that's that's how I feel about Math getting getting a bad rap As someone who always Hated math as a kid so Yeah <laughs> Fair you enough. Trust me all right, Kelso, you had something else you wanted to add, sort of generally. I just want this? to say, like, yes, I I have ragged on the narrative, but I do think that this is a great, a great game, very well designed, and I just yeah. wanted to, I wanted to like end it on something positive, so it's not like ah, this narrative <laughs> yeah, pisses no. me off. So yeah, it's worth it's worth checking out, and it's yeah. like you know, it's a mobile game. It's like three dollars, and it's you know maybe an hour of your time. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, it's it's worth, especially if you are into game design, um, it's it's worth playing as a game designer to kind of see how they've approached some stuff. Um, so Florence is a uh, a game about a person's life uh, that takes place as a series of kind of vignette moments from that life, uh, as was our other game, uh, Thirty Flights of Loving, from Blendo Games. Yes. Kelso, tell us a little bit about 30 Flights of Loving. Uh, 30 Flights of Loving is a first-person narrative, like, spy, not spy thriller, heist thriller. I think, did I cover all the bases? Yeah, <laughs> okay. pretty much. Uh, I mean, I... Hi- heist slash terrorism, question mark? Question mark. Yeah, it, it is a little vague. I believe this game came out in 2013? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, And it was made by Blendo Games, which is an indie studio uh, headed by uh, Brendan Chung. Yeah. And they also made Quadrilateral Cowboy, which is... I was going to say, if you you, uh, are listening to this as someone who watches play-by-play with Sean Bouchard, uh, he did play Quadrilateral Mm -hmm. Cowboy on one of the episodes. 
which is a lot longer and has more mechanics than this game. Yeah. But uh, but it is the it is it is very much the same art style. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a sequence of vignettes about this person's life. Only the person is a like spy slash criminal slash possibly terrorist. Uh, but it also has like a romantic relationship undercurrent. Mm-hmm. So like if if Florence was the same story except instead of art, she loved like getting into gunfights in airports. Yeah, I feel like there's also uh, like. A, a betrayal element here it's it is it can be difficult to tell but yeah there's a lot yeah. going on the game is surprisingly abstract because there's no dialogue and very little written text mm-hmm. uh so most of your cues are just like situational about what's going on where it's like you start by walking down a hallway and you see like some some propaganda posters and things and you're in some kind of a speakeasy uh, and then you get to the back room and it's like oh there's a bunch of guns and bullets and like a plan on the wall and, and, a, I can and take a hanger the like yeah, an a, entire a airplane hanger, hanger. yeah um With geese in it. yeah so I, Does I, this game take place in canada uh i think it takes place like in a fictional fictional country if i remember correctly uh all of their all of their like not booze because it's some kind of prohibition time but all of their not booze has like uh the like canadian maple leaf on it oh maybe that i don't Uh, know and also there were canadian geese uh Mm, so i thought maybe this is some kind of like weird future or like side reality canada that like uh like became a fascist state (laughs) in some way yeah something like that um, the the thing that I've seen written about uh, regarding this game and the 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 prequel uh, Gravity Bone is that it's I don't know I don't want to say the first but like kind of some of the earliest examples of games that use crosscuts which is a a film technique where you just have like a quick smash cut to a completely unrelated scene sort of to I mean, sometimes to show that they're occurring simultaneously, but other times to like yeah, invoke case, like I memories. I think in this case they're mostly flashbacks. Yeah. That well, some flash flashbacks and to, flash forwards. to skip. Yeah, to skip the like. So there's like this heist where you're like you and your like two terrorist friends are doing something in an airport. Unclear what you're actually doing to this airport, mm-hmm. uh, but you get shot at for it. So who knows? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's you and like one male friend and one female friend. Um, I think we should just call them accomplices because that's really yeah. what they are. Do they have names or do they just have occupations? When I... it, it, when you, it introduces them, it like flashes to a bunch of like different things they do. Yeah, I think they just have occupations. I don't think anyone actually has a name, as far yeah. as I remember. Um, one of them is like their sharpshooter demolitions expert and also cake maker, and the yeah. other one is like uh, the pilot and oh, what else is he? Like he's like a lock lock picker or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the best man. Yeah. Uh, which best man at the main character's wedding? Question mark a different wedding? question mark yeah that was There's one a thing. lot of question marks yeah that was one thing that i was never quite sure on i must i assumed that it was his wedding 
that that we saw. Um, but nah, maybe not. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. So it's so there's these the scenes of this like airport heist uh, intercut with flashbacks to this wedding um, and like this small apartment that you live in with the female character and. I think it was someone else's wedding because I think like you and uh, the girl attend this wedding and you get like real boozed up and have sex. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, but the then impression at, I got at one was point that, is that like, it's a different woman. A... Yeah. The, the impression I got yeah. was like, that was like a one-time thing that happened because they were really drunk yeah. but, and mostly they're just coworkers, but also maybe your character's kind of like harboring a bit of a flame. Yeah. It's difficult to say. Uh, which is which is why I, mean, I like it. You're not gonna be able to draw concrete conclusions from this game. No. Yeah, it's not that kind of game. I mean, it's and it it's like a very like swiftly paced like single snapshot kind of storytelling, mm-hmm. um, which is it's interesting and different, but it's a little hard to follow. Um, I guess intentionally so. Although yeah. it's hard to say how intentional some of the stuff is. There, um, I mean, there are a lot of moments where um, the scene has changed, and like sometimes very briefly it changes and then changes back to something. And but but you're in control the whole time. Like it's not cutscenes except for in a couple of a couple of uh, occasions, and you're constantly in control of it. And sometimes you're you don't even like have the time to realize that you're in control and i yeah. i think that's really great i kind of it's, like like it can constantly... be very jarring yeah it but can I like, be like yeah. very jarring and disorienting i like, I like sure. being disoriented so <laughs> and i, I know mean, i know this game this... Hmm? go on no i was just gonna say i know uh, this one gave kyla some motion sickness trouble i got so <laughs> nauseous playing yeah. this game but that was the movement. That wasn't always the cross cuts. Like that was because like when you move, you're basically like on ice. You're like sliding around, and you have a lot of momentum. And it's like it's. It, I was really, really yeah. nauseous playing it's, this. It's uh, a quake engine. Quake two. Quake two. Yeah. It's, quake. Quake two engine. It's, you can uh, strafe jump. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, what like a thirty minute game. And I had to stop halfway through. I think it's wait. less than 30 minutes, even. Yeah, I had to stop halfway through and wait to, for my stomach to calm down and then finish it. That's yeah. how bad it was. Oh, no. Hopefully that's not a problem with our next couple games. But Yeah. Yeah, everything about this game is, like, super high pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very high octane. And some of the, the, the smash cuts are, like, um, you... Uh, you know, like there's one where it's like suddenly cut, and you're you're like staring at the girl who's pointing a gun directly at you, and she's like bleeding. Yeah. Um. Or your your pilot accomplice, you're like pushing him through the airport, trying to escape the airport. He's been shot. He's bleeding out, and you have him on like one of the baggage trolleys. And there's mm-hmm. billboards, like like light light up like advertising signs on the inside of the airport like there are and as you walk through the hallway it just they all turn into like wanted posters of you as you go down the hallway like it's so good it's great yeah it's very intense and they start uh, they there's... start shutting the security grates and it's like there's not enough time you have to like shove your friend through the security grate yeah 
<sighs> you like use his wheelchair to keep it from closing. Yeah. <laughs> or like the little baggage cart or whatever you do have. Do you need him. him there? No, you take him with because he's still with you in the next scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's very chaotic. And then I think you you get out of the airport, but then you're in like a car chase mm-hmm. um, with with him, and it's. Oh yeah. There's there's also a car accident involved, and I'm unclear how much is like the present day and and whether some of that is actually a flashback. Yeah, I assumed that it was a flashback, but also that was a pretty bad crash, so I don't know how they would have survived. Because they were on yeah. a bike, and it was like a head-on collision with a car. Yeah. So. And you're, like, behind that girl, and, uh, and like, she turns around to, like, smile at you, mm-hmm. and that's when you, like, hit a truck. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and, yeah, so the, it's mostly this heist intercut with these scenes of, like, you being in your apartment and going to this wedding, which is... Like in a in a in a tall building with lots of stairs, which I think could be one interpretation for the like thirty flights of loving title because there's a mm-hmm. lot of stairs yeah. uh, in the in the apartment building, mm-hmm. and one of the floors is like full of cats. Yep. Uh, and like there's a cat lady who lives there, and uh, there's the wedding happens I think up on the roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's like a weird experience. This game. Yeah, it's one of those games that is probably not super easy to talk about it, so just go play it. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's real short, so yeah. unless you get motion sick real easily, in which case, approach with caution. Yeah. It's one of those games that I want to recommend, but it's like, it's so short that I'm not sure I can recommend it for that price. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. It is so... not a free game. The The prequel is free, and so maybe play the, the free prequel. Yeah, play play the prequel. Which is called Gravity Bone, which was made in, I think, 2009? Uh, that's free. And if you like that's it... More, that's more directly like a spy story. Like, you literally have spy missions that you have to carry mm-hmm. out. Like, assassination and data vandalism and stuff. And yeah. there's a spy chase. And and 3D platforming in Quake 2 engine. Yeah. I know, and I didn't realize that you could save the game. Uh Oh. And so I ended up having to load the autosave, which takes you all the way back to the beginning of that chapter. Oh, no. And I'm like, ugh, because I missed it the first time. Yeah. I missed the first jump. I did forget about the uh, the platforming, but... Yeah, but it, it also, like, it's weird to me that it has more mechanics than the later game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, I don't know. I... It's also, it it, I feel like... It's got those crosscut sections at the end where, spoiler, uh, he's, like, falling off of the building. Uh, and, and that does the same thing, where it's these really brief segments, but you're still in control, even if you don't realize that you're in control of them. Yeah, so and it's, I like, feel flashbacks like, to your life as a spy, mostly. Yeah, so I feel like uh, my best guess would be, like, he made this game and did that segment and realized that's a cool thing. I could make yeah, a that's game worth about that. On its own. And yeah. then that's what 30 Flights of Loving is. So. Yeah. Also, the woman that kills you in uh, Gravity Bone is at the party. Yeah. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. Like, she's the woman. So you go down the stairs after you're boozed up. Well, she's at the wedding, and then you go down the stairs after you're boozed up with your accomplice, but then it sort of flashes briefly, and the woman who is sitting on the bed is not your accomplice, but it's 
the the woman who kills you in Gravity Bone. Hmm. So it's difficult to say if she was actually there or if that was just a drunken hallucination. Yep. But. Or what what the heck is going on there? Yeah. Because maybe you survived the fall in Gravity Bone. I mean, it does seem like you kind of got shot in the head, so who knows? Yeah. Um, she's that the the super spy lady in Gravity Bone's real rad though. She is super cool. Um, she's a very like femme fatale, but in like weird voxel form. Yeah. Um. Uh, I, we should say like the the signature art style of Blendo Games is people with like giant cube heads. Mm-hmm. So like this is not exactly like a hyper realistic style either of these games. Uh, also maybe worth mentioning is the uh, Thirty Flights of Loving has kind of a cool credit sequence or kind of yeah. a weird credit sequence mm-hmm. where like after you've done all this you just like show up in a museum where like all the the items from the game are like on display mm-hmm. and you walk through the museum and then there's just like a little exhibit about Bernoulli's principle for yes. some reason. Yes, I love it. Which, I mean, is the principle that allows flight, and there is, like, a lot of stuff in this game about flying, and, you know, like, it's most of, a big chunk of it takes place in an airport, and I, you know, I'm sure there's, like, some interesting metaphorical resonance uh, going on, but I was not following it well enough to, to get down into that. Yeah. I could maybe, if I played it a bunch of times and, like, sat and thought about it, I bet I could come up with, like, a good essay topic on like the theme of flight in 30 flights of loving mm-hmm. but um i can't play it more than once <laughs> because of my stomach so i'm not gonna oh, anything. it reminds me of quake 2 which is ironic <laughs> yeah. um because quake 2 had like a weird credit or like ending room <laughs> Interesting. it wasn't like as weird it was more like real-life pictures of developers, and it was a bit weird. So they, they didn't even sneak them in as, as an Easter egg? They just, like, put them in a oh, room dear. and said, here's your devs! <laughs> yep. nice. uh, it, it reminded me weirdly, I guess not weirdly, but it reminded me a little bit of the museum sequence in... Um, the Beginner's Guide? Beginner's Guide, yeah, mm-hmm. with the writing yeah, on the wall. Same. Where it's like, hey, this is now the developer like trying to communicate with you directly. Mm-hmm. I think overall, like, this game is an interesting experiment. I'm not sure I would uh, recognize. I- I'm not sure I'd recommend it in the same way that I would like more generally recommend Florence. Yeah. Um, I really wish there was like a higher quality studio that did, like, a polished version of this. Yeah. uh, I haven't played Quadrilateral. Quadrilateral Cowboy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, that one at least, like, has some interesting puzzle mechanics, because that one, like, takes the heist thing more directly, and it's, like, a programming game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I don't want puzzle mechanics. I want, like... Like, weird, interesting narrative stuff. And like, yeah, I actually, how can we use I, these filmic techniques in a game? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I actually really liked uh, some of the mechanics in um, Gravity Bone because you have to like, you know, be a spy and like infiltrate a party and give someone a spiked drink and mm-hmm. then like hightail it to the exit. 
before you're caught. Like, that that feels, like, cool and spy-like. Yeah, I feel like these two games could be merged pretty easily. Uh, and it would feel more complete, I guess. It's like you've got, like, this part of spy stuff in Gravity Bone and this part of spy stuff in 30 Flights and just put them together and you've got, like, one really solid game about spy stuff. And, I mean, if you buy 30 Flights, you also get Gravity Bone. Do they come together? I thought you could just get Gravity yeah. Bone, like, free. Oh, okay. I think, I, I was gonna say, like, it looked like Gravity Bone was just free on Steam when I looked it up, but that was yeah. after I had bought it already, so who knows. Yeah, but but I wanted if, to see if I if could... you start 30 Flights of Loving, you can choose Gravity Bone. Oh, okay. oh interesting. I didn't even notice. Um, I, I, I did want to read this Steam review for Gravity Bone that I found while I was downloading <laughs> it. That uh, says, it's a game by a weirdo for weirdos. <laughs> and honestly, it's like 10 minutes long at most. Just try it to see if you like Blendo's style. Uh, also, since this runs on the Quake 2 engine, you can strafe jump. Just thought I'd mention. <laughs> yeah, and if you fall off, fall off the stairs, you get the amazing Quake 2 death uh, screen. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I think that kind of sums it up. <laughs> it's a game by a weirdo for weirdos. Yeah. And it's it's interesting, uh, like, thinking back, that I, I want to say Gravity Bone was, like, I'm not going to say it's the first indie game I played, but it's one of the first indie games that I played, just, like, found it out of nowhere... I think I played this at the same time that I played uh, Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, which I was thinking we should probably do for the podcast at some point, because okay. there's a lot of... I know of, nothing about that, but it sounds interesting. It's, uh, it's a like SNES-style, JRPG-style game about Charles Barkley in the post-apocalypse. Okay. It sounds stupid, and it's really goofy, but it has a lot of like actually solid like jrpg styled gameplay <laughs> so okay. just throwing that out there but like that's the time period and basically these are some of the earliest indie games i remember playing that weren't like browser-based flash-based games so yeah. i don't know soft spot in my heart <laughs> i guess yeah and as i say like i do think they are interesting and valuable as experiments like they do some very different things that other games don't do, like the, for instance, with the filmic techniques, mm -hmm. um, and that's that's pretty rad. Like I am, I am interested in seeing more games attempt this kind of thing, um, and I didn't like I didn't hate them. I don't have any kind of like thing against them. Uh, I just they're not they're not like a mainstream like you know, this is the most fun thing and everyone should play it because it's so fun or, yeah. like, so moving or, or like, whatever. This is this is extremely polished, you know? It's yeah. Like, this is this is just a, a an interesting experiment that someone yeah, did. Is, it's an interesting and odd little experience, and so, like, if that's a thing that you want to have, like, try it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. And, uh, you know, as I say, like, I... I'm also somewhat biased because of the 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 nausea problems, but yeah. nah. What can you do? These sometimes these things just happen. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh. 
I do like that they use the like Charlie Brown people talking sound effect. Oh, the wah, wah, they have to have wah, 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 wah. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <clears throat> That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Anything else on that one? No, it's it's like I said, it's kind of hard to talk about. So just go play it. Yeah, I, I think of of the things we've played, the one that it reminds me the most of is probably the Norwood Suite. Yeah, <laughs> two yeah. for two. Yeah, <laughs> which is just like also like interesting, weird, experimental kind of thing where it's like, I think some of these things are really cool, but I'm not sure like. I'm just so unsure about so many like, things. I don't know what's going on, but I think I like it. Yeah, I'm here. This yeah. is happening to yeah. me now. Yeah, it's one of those games where you're just like, you're in, you're here for the ride. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, boy, I can't wait to foist Cosmo D's next game on you guys. <laughs> just yeah. shove it into your face. Yeah. That well, and we like... have to now. Didn't he? Uh, didn't he reply to like the podcast? Like, didn't he comment on our podcast episode? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that obligates us to play his next yeah. game. And I'm, I'm like, Carl and I are actually both in in the Cosmo D Discord group. Oh, cool. So nice. Yeah. No, I mean, he, he's also that's... holding a game down for February. Yeah. Listen, if you if you are a game dev and you want us to play your game, <laughs> just let us know. We probably will. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we got nothing better to do but play games, right? So, yep. pretty much. I mean, we we do have some limitations for what we play, but uh, you know, as long as it's not like a thirty-hour game, <laughs> probably yeah. like, and even then, we'd probably play part of it. Yeah. Uh, we just like interacting with folks, so that's the thing. Um, right, so. I was going to say, speaking of games that uh, that make you nauseous, but I actually think neither of these games will make me nauseous because they're they're like weird, but not in they're visually weird, but not in a way that is like first person. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so for our next uh, four in February two games, uh, or s- sort of five if you count Gravity Bone, yeah, uh, we are going to play. Uh, a fan Ichio game called Triforce, uh, which is Legend of Zelda like sprites and levels as laid on geometrically interesting 3D shapes. So there's it's like spatial puzzles to do with like weird geometry and like the foibles of like 2D wraparound graphics, mm-hmm. which I'm super interested in. Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna play Monument Valley which is a game about, like, the sort of Escher perspective tricks uh, that come with isometric viewpoints, um, which is also sort of a weird geometry game. So last theme was, like, you know, snapshots, snapshot scenes from someone's life. This theme is weird geometry. Yep. Also, we alluded to it earlier, but uh, uh, Monument Valley, uh, Ken Wong, who made... Florence also made Monument Valley, so tying it all together here. Yep, it's all coming together. Mm -hmm. So if you like either of those games, or if you've never played either of those games and you want to try them because you like games with weird geometry, uh, you can play those over the next two weeks and then come talk about those with us here, right here on the pod. 
and we enjoy having guests, so please do. Yeah, we love having guests. And let's see, what what's my timeline looking like? So next... Regardless, it'll be slightly after the end of February yeah. when we record the next one. Uh, but that's okay. We're playing them during the month of the yeah. month of February. It looks like so. our the the next day that we record will be the day that my all of my stuff arrives in Virginia. Uh, all of the stuff that I did not put in my car, which means like my desk and my desk chair. Uh, so hopefully, so you'll, we'll see if you're recording sitting on the floor or not. Yeah, that'll be interesting, or like on a card table or something, like I am today. Yep. Yeah. Exciting, yeah, exciting stuff I, moving. Yeah, so depending on, you know, like how the moving process goes, there's a chance we may get delayed again. But yeah. uh, I guess we're actually early this time around. Yeah, we are early this time around. Uh, but we, yeah, there's a chance we'll get delayed. But, you know, while it's still February, play these two games. They're, neither of them are very long. I think the Triforce game is going to be like 20 minutes, if that. Yeah. Um, and Monument Valley is maybe closer to an hour. But it's a really good game. Uh, I've played it, although not for a while, uh, and I am looking forward to playing it again because it's very good. Yeah. Also, we will not be delayed. I I just might not have a desk. I will have my computer, <laughs> but I might not have the desk. So. Well, I don't know. Uh, let's let's cross our fingers that so- something doesn't go like horribly wrong with the delivery, and you have to go sort it out or something. Yeah, that's true. Oh no! Don't make me think about those things. Never. Yeah, I was gonna say never. You know. Never count your chickens before they hatch, but yeah. hopefully two weeks will be fine. Yes. I assume Fliffo will be coming with you. Yes, he will. Another big drive for the baby. Yeah, yeah there he is. There he goes. Saying uh, hello. Gotta have the cat on the podcast. Yep. He's gonna a fixture forever, as long as we keep doing the podcast by nearly 18 year old cat will never die so <laughs> oh, that's a lot of pressure to put I on know. no it's fine he's oh my big baby i had to take him to the vet a while ago for a checkup and they're like he's very he, they described him as robust he's very robust for, <laughs> for a, a cat his age which is i mean that's not a bad thing yeah. to be described as yeah no I, I'll, I'll take it man uh, oh, before we do our final plugs, uh, I wanted to actually make a plug for somebody else. Um, so I think I mentioned a while back before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out uh, that I had watched a charity stream where two people spent like four hours trying to explain the plot of Kingdom Hearts up oh. until that point. Oh, no. Uh, so tomorrow morning, Sunday morning... Um, which, if depending on when you're listening to this, this would be uh, February 17th, uh, they are doing a follow-up stream that is like Kingdom Hearts 3 spoiler stream. Uh, mm. So I am I am excited to see that because the last one was a real hoot. They're very funny people, and it was highly entertaining. Um, so yeah, if you're if you're interested in like hearing about Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, might be a fun stream to check out. I'm gonna try and host it uh, instead of streaming tomorrow morning. So nice. Cool. Uh, so let's talk enough about other people's social medias. <laughs> let's talk about our social medias. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, hello. You can find me on Twitter at Kelso Timebomb. You can also find the podcast Twitter on Twitter at Feedback Force. 
which is where we uh, I'll do updates and things. And if I see a game that we have played on sale, I will tweet about that, etc. Uh, I am Kyla. I am at Kyla underscore go on Twitter. Uh, normally I'm twitch.tv slash cage tiger with a K. Uh, on Sunday mornings I stream like old games. <clears throat> the next game when I get back to it, um, because I still haven't actually gotten a copy of Silent Hill 2, uh, probably going to stream Prince of Persia Sands of Time. Um, but not tomorrow. Tomorrow I will be rehosting twitch.tv slash chaos smurf instead. Nice. Yeah, and you can follow me on Twitter, at skug3. And uh, we don't have a Patreon. Sorry. Nope. Someday. Someday, maybe. Someday we'll Someday have a Patreon. Someday we'll have two. <laughs> Why would we need two? One for the money. One for the cat, I guess. I don't, I don't think it works that way. I don't think having more Patreon accounts means that you make more money. I don't know. I've never had a Patreon. I mean, unless they're for very different things, I guess. Yeah, I've never had a Patreon, so like I don't know. It could that it could work that way, and I just would never. I would never know. Yeah. So. Someday, someday we'll have a Patreon, and like. Both of our fans can give us a little bit of money, and then we can get, like, professional recording microphones. Yeah. And but all, until all that, of our games until that day. Yeah. Until that day, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to our poor production quality podcast, yep. if you've gotten this far. Just holding it together with, with string and, uh, I don't know, maybe, like... Some chewing gum and duct chewing, tape. chewing gum. That's chewing gum. That's what I was trying to think of. I was thinking it was like, what's the, what's the thing that they always like? Say? Is it like a soft cheese? Like, <laughs> is, is, is the podcast held together with like some nice creamy camembert? I don't. <laughs> held together yes. with string and brie. <laughs> yep. That's... Oh my god, that's my new favorite thing. Thank you. Uh, yep. I'm happy to have helped. Okay. <laughs> On that note, uh, thanks for listening. Play uh, um, Monument Valley, and uh, we'll we'll put a link to Triforce yes. on the Twitter mm-hmm. so you can check it out. Yep. And we we will see you next time, uh, unless we run out of cheese. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.